Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 251 of Weekly Poker Hand. Thank you all very much for being here with me today. I hope your games and your life are going amazingly well. Um, if you have not already, make a point to go check out my training site, pokercoaching.com. There we have tons of interactive quizzes that are kind of similar to Weekly Poker Hand, except for instead of me observing play and telling you what I think, I put you in the player's seats and ask you what you would do and then give you my opinion. So go check that out. It's completely free to sign up for a trial membership. So you have no reason not to. Here we're playing, again, 5-5-10 No Limit at Stone's Gambling Hall. And the players are gambling in this hand. To start it out, we have a raise to 75 from Loan for Cards from Under the Gun Plus One with a six suited, which is a little bit loose. I would generally not recommend that. Basie calls with pocket sevens in the hijack, which is perfectly fine. And then the wolf on the button calls a queen 10 offsuit. So these offsuit cards are generally not so great unless your opponents are opening all sorts of trash. And, you know, a six suited is a little bit loose, but certainly not terrible, right? So I think the wolf should definitely fold for 75, especially given he's only playing 1,500 deep. The other players are a little bit deeper, but he's going to be the shallow stack in this hand. So I would generally recommend the wolf folding this preflop. But he calls. Jack nine in the big blind. Should fold, it does. Ace-10 offsuit in the third blind should really probably fold too. I mean, I know normally in this scenario you're thinking, I'm getting great odds, I'm closing the action, but what's really going to happen in this spot is you're going to be very dominated. I know I know, um, Kathy's not dominated this time, but for 65 more, it's a pretty big raise, right? A seven and a half big blind raise. It's not like it was chump change. And... Um, you're going to either be nominated or you're just going to have a tough time playing out of position. So I would just fold the ace-10 facing a big raise. If the raise was to $30, then I would definitely call. So pot odds are irrelevant. Do not ignore them. And um, I know some people are going to say, well, in my game, the normal raise size is blank, right? But if the normal raise size is seven big blinds and um, that's just what everyone does, you can just fold a lot. You don't have to play very many hands because it's almost like the blinds don't matter. I did just realize, though, it's <laughs> what happens when you watch stuff live um dan straddled under the gun plus one so definitely now kathy should fold because she's in the third blind but there's someone yet to act and i understand the raise is not quite as big but ace 10 is still not very good and then uh, dan has ace jack off suit definitely call you could also re-raise by the way i do want to make it clear that free betting either ace 10 or ace jack in this scenario from the straddle slash third blind is perfectly fine especially if the initial raiser is rather loose and ace six suited is rather loose right so these are pretty good squeeze hands because they do play so poorly out of position very multi-way. But if you pick up the pop preflop by re-raising to, I don't know, 400, it's pretty good. And if you do pick it up preflop, you win $400, right? So do you think you're going to pick it up half the time by making it 400? I would bet you probably would. And then if you get called, you still have some playability and you're usually going to be heads up where you're going to fare a lot better. That said, they both call. I'm thinking about this more. I, I like the re-raise more for Kathy than, than fold, most likely. But she called. Flop comes. Queen, eight, six. So everyone has nothing besides the initial raiser, loan for cards, who has ace, six of diamonds for bottom pair. And then the wolf, who called on the button with queen, ten offsuit, he has top pair, bad kicker. All right, pot's 385, and it checks to loan for cards with its bottom pair, who is betting. Looks like he's betting 175, and um, I don't think I like this. This is one of these spots where you can essentially treat your hand as a draw, 
where you're betting, understanding that if you get called, you're usually in pretty bad shape. If you do check this hand on the flop, you're, you're usually just check folding. It's pretty likely someone has something, right, that's better than your hand. And, well, if it's not you, it's somebody else. So in this scenario, someone's going to have a queen or an eight or a flush draw, and you're going to have a difficult time against those. So I think you're probably just supposed to check fold this ace six. I mean, this is why you get whenever you play garbage cards. You sometimes get garbage flops where you end up flopping a medium strength hand, and medium strength hands are really great for getting you in trouble. So anyway, I think you're probably just supposed to check fold the ace six. Basie makes a good fold with the pocket sevens. The wolf now has an interesting decision. He has $1,400 left. Pot's already five sixty. dollars um, The board is queen, eight, six, two clubs. So he does have to worry about flush draws. He does have a 10 of clubs in his hand, which does block flush draws, which means it's more likely that the better, whoever the better is, is going to have a made hand than a flush draw, especially when you have a, a big card like a 10 or a jack or a king, because that does block, block a lot of the reasonable flush draws. But... I don't think that's too big of an issue. So should he call or raise? And if he raises, should he go all in? I definitely think raising all in is going to be a better option than raising small. Because if you raise small and they get jammed on, like what would a small raise be to? Like $400? If you put in $400 out of your $14 and get jammed on, at that point, pot's going to be $3,500 or so, and you have to put in 1000 So are you going to have 30% equity? I mean, probably. You're, you don't love it, but there's so many draws available to the point that you may. And for that reason, I think you just want to rip it all in. Maybe your opponents will fold out stuff like Queen Jack sometimes, which is nice. And you protect against the draws, and there are tons and tons and tons of draws available. So this is one of these spots where I think a lot of people think, oh, $1,400, that's a lot. I don't want to jam all in for $1,400. I get it, but at the same time, you have to realize there was a straddle here. We're only playing 75 big blinds deep, right? And this is a very multi-way pot. So I think jamming is probably the best play. Calling's also fine, but understand there are going to be a lot of bad turns for you. Anyway... Queen 10 does decide to call. Kathy folds with just backdoor nut flush draw and ace jack folds too. So good folds for those. Turn is a five. And now loan for cards has to decide if he wants to keep bluffing. It is very important to understand if you bet your ace six here, you are not value betting, you are bluffing. If you check this turn with ace six, you should probably check fold. Turn is a five. It's like a pretty, pretty close to a blank. Despite that, though, in this scenario, when you bet and get called on the flop, you're either against a good made hand, which crushes you, or a draw, which has plenty of equity. And some of those just came in, right? On this turn, 9-7 suited came in. And 9-7 suited, certainly a hand that the wolf would play. So loan for cards is essentially bluffing. I think some people look at this, though, and think, I was the pre-flop raiser. I have the betting lead, therefore I need to keep betting. And that is just not true. You should always be categorizing your hands as either a premium made hand a draw, a marginal made hand, or junk. And this A6 here may be okay if it checks down, but if any money goes into the pot, this A6 is going to be in pretty bad shape. Also, A6 is in a pretty rough spot because if he bets and gets called by a draw, very often on the river, he's going to check with his A6. The draw is going to bluff. Then A6 should probably fold again. Or if he does bet the river with A6, the draws don't get the opportunity to bluff. So it's not a particularly great hand to have. You'd much rather have an 8 because an 8 could still get called by a worse hand. Like... Like, say at ace-8 instead of um, ace-6, he could get called by 8-7 or 7-6 that just turned an open-ended straight draw, right? But in this scenario, I think loan for cards did not accurately assess his hand as a very clear marginal-made hand or maybe even a junk hand, and instead he's betting it. And when he's betting with this hand, he's probably just going to be bluffing way too much, especially if he's bluffing with all of his um, obvious bluffs, like a hand with a 7 or club draws or you know, spade draws that turned a, turn a gut shot or something like that. So anyway, let's see what he does. Pot's 370, 
I'm sorry, 735. He bets only 300, which is kind of an odd size. Which makes me think he's probably value betting. That said, you do need some bluffs in your small value bet range. And you would like to value bet here with king-queen, queen-jack, ace-queen, right? So if you are going to be betting with those hands, you do need some bluffs. Usually the bluffs you want to have in your small betting range are the bluffs that actually could conceivably win a showdown. Because sometimes you do bet here and your opponent just calls with king-jack of clubs. It goes check-check on the river and you win. That does happen. So if you are going to use... If you're going to have uh, bluffs in your small bet size, which you should if you're trying to be balanced, the pairs are the best ones to do it with. The, the bad pairs. And this is a bad pair. So gets back around to the wolf, and the wolf is now thinking it over. I like this a lot. I don't know if he's doing this on purpose, but whenever you have a hand like top pair bad kicker, what do you want to happen on the river? Well, first off, you really want to induce bluffs, right? Because if your opponent only are mostly value bets on the river with good, strong hands. Well, now your queen ten's not very good, right? So you really want to induce bluffs. The best way to induce bluffs is to him and haw about it. Not for forever, but make it look like you actually do have some sort of a decision. And if you, your opponent thinks you have some sort of a decision, they may decide to bluff you. So river comes a jack. Uh, the wolf does call. The river comes a jack. And now the ace six just instantly fires out 300. I really don't like this because... If you think about the draws and the wolf's range, a lot of them are going to contain a jack, which is got there with middle pair on the river. And middle pair should definitely not fold to a $300 bet into a, how much was it? Was it 1000 or $1,300? let us see. Really should not fold for $300 into either of those pot sizes, just because they're getting amazing pot odds and lots of draws missed. So in this scenario, I think it's fine to have some bluffs in your small bet range, again, but... At this point, I think the a6 does have some showdown value if it just goes check-check. And I really don't see him making a hand like 10-9, I'm sorry, like 10-8 or 8-7 um, fold for only $300 into what's going to be a pretty big pot. If your opponents are really nitty, then maybe bluffing makes logical sense. But you have to know they're really nitty. So another thing you can do here that throws a lot of players for a loop is they... Uh, whenever you ha have the queen 10, you kind of consider it. Look at this. The wolf, if you're watching this on jonathanlowpoker.com, you'll see the wolf is like standing up over the table like, man, this is a tough decision. What am I supposed to do? I think that's a little bit too much. To be fair, he, maybe he's actually thinking about it. I don't know. Like this is an easy call in my mind. And the reason this is an easy call is because all the draws miss. When all the draws miss and your opponent's capable of bluffing, as obviously loan for cards is, you just have an easy call with all your top pairs. So he's thinking it over, thinking it over, and I imagine he's going to make the call. And he does. So he did him and haul there. And what a lot of people will think in loan for cards situation is, oh, I almost got him to fold top pair. I should keep trying this. But in reality, no. The wolf's not folding top pair here. The wolf is calling with top pair literally every time. And if you can make your opponents continue making these very optimistic bluffs, that's going to pay off huge in the long run because they're going to keep thinking, maybe not necessarily against you, but against everyone in general, that they're going to fold if I just keep bluffing. Whereas in reality, you have no intention of bluffing. The fact that you thought for a while on the river is actually not an indicator that you were considering a fold. It's just an indicator of you were trying to induce this player to continue betting on the future betting, or on the continue bluffing on future bluffing opportunities. So anyway, he calls, as he should. Turns over his hand first. I don't know why you do that. I would definitely like to see Loan for Cards' hand. Loan for Cards looks at his cards, throws them in the muck, and I think that hand should have been. A check fold for the flop on loan for cards. 
or a check fold on the turn. Instead, he ended up putting in at least $600 too much. And $600, I mean, I know we're playing with the straddle, so it's only 30 big blinds, but still, 30 big blinds that you lose in these spots, if you do this once every day, I mean, that, that just kills your whole win rate for the day a lot of the time, or for at least half of the day. And if you make these mistakes on a regular basis, you are going to have a really difficult time being a winning player. And uh, the tough thing about moving up in stakes is that quite often in this, the 1-2, two, 2-5, two, and even 5-10 games, people will fold too much. So just being mindlessly aggressive is not such a bad strategy. But as you move up, people will start calling more often because they know people are capable of bluffing, right? They've been around the block a time or two, and they understand that... You have to bluff sometimes. And once people realize that their opponents have to bluff sometimes, they start calling a lot. And this strategy of being uh, very, very aggressive will not work as you move up. You have to be much more balanced. And this A6, in my opinion, was miscategorized as a either a draw or a premium made hand. And, and really, it's neither, right? It's very, very clearly a marginal made hand or junk. And both of those need to be checked and probably just check folded this multi-way. So that's going to be it for today. Hope you enjoyed this hand. If you did, please share it with your friend. Click like, click subscribe. Hope you enjoyed it. Good luck. Have fun. Be nice to someone. And I'll talk to you next week.